Hey, it's Alicia and Jason, and we are in progress for good. This is our journey to living intentional. So we've got four kids and have been married for what feels like forever. So join us as we share all about our lives. That means the great times, but also the really crappy ones too. If you like what you hear, you should subscribe. Or you can follow us on social media at In Progress for Good. Welcome back, everyone. Episode number three. Woohoo! Um, so for today's topic, it's going to kind of be a more serious topic. Um, the month of October, October 10th to be exact, is World Mental Health Day. And what that day is, it's a global mental health education, awareness, and advocacy. I can't say that word. Advocacy? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. I can do it. Against social stigma. And um, this is a topic that, you know, I feel doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, a lot of people are ashamed Um, it's not the normal, you know, I get hurt, I go to the doctor or I get sick and I go to the doctor and it's just, okay, go to the doctor, get taken care of. It's more of, you know, I'm, I might have something wrong in my head and, um, you just don't talk about it. You just don't talk about it and you're afraid of what other people will think of you. And, I know um, for me personally, it, it's been a little struggle. So um, I think before we start, though, I think it's important that we note um, this is this is something that I've struggled with and, and our families have struggled with. But before we get into all of that, I want to make sure that we point out that everyone handles mental health and depression and anxiety and everything else that comes along with it so differently. Um, There's, there's a lot of different ways to handle it. And um, I think what I hope that we're focusing on is just the, the sheer, um, I guess, I guess just the, just the talking about it, just the awareness. Yeah. Just being able to say, Hey, I have this and I deal with this and this is what's worked for me, and maybe that's not going to work for you. And I, I think we both recognize that. I mean, we've I've tried numerous different things to try and help me through the years. So I know that it's not a one size fits all, and I I don't ever want to come across like that. Um, and and that was my one one of my big hesitations in talking about this is because I don't want this isn't the magic cure. I wish you know I wish I had that. Um, but I, I think that talking about it is definitely something that's beneficial for, for everyone. Yes, definitely. Um, I feel like at one point at one point in everybody's lives, um, they're gonna handle tough situations, you know, whether it's dealing with anxiety or having um, depression or or something that, it just it just happens, and I feel like the more we talk about it, the more we we help each other and normalize it, and and normalize it. Um, it will it'll just it'll be better for everybody. Um, 
you know, in our in our lives, I've I've dealt with quite a bit of um, anxiety. I know in my family, um, my father has been diagnosed um, bipolar. Um, my mom has had um, a lot of depression in her life. I, f- I feel like uh, there was a time in my life where, you know, I had about bouts of depression, but I feel like what's affected me in my adult life has been a lot of anxiety, um, anxiety with, with work and anxiety with, um, family, with relationship, um, you know, I just, I feel like there's been different things that I've done to help me try to cope with the anxiety. Um, I know I, I, if you follow us on Instagram or have been following us on Instagram, you see that, you know, I, I go to the gym a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's my outlet. It, it, it lets me you know, help my body physically, but also mentally, because while as I'm lifting, I, I, I get lost in my head and I, I start to try to calm myself down, so to speak. And, you know, as far as coping mechanisms, that's mine. And I know it's not going to be everybody's. Um, yeah, there's a lot of healthy coping, po- coping mechanisms, but there's also a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Ex- exactly. I, and, one thing that, you know, and I hope my father doesn't hear this or gets back to him or comes back to me, but growing up, you know, he had a lot of depression and some of his coping mechanisms was he would, you know, revert to alcohol, revert to drugs and, you know, try to numb himself that way. And and I'm not saying that's a wrong way. I'm not saying that's a right way. Um, you know, everybody's going to handle it differently. But I feel like if we get it out there and discuss it, we can be more aware of our family, our friends, um, co-workers, people that are around us and, you know, try to help them out. Because a lot of times people feel that they're alone and they don't want to share. They don't want to be a burden on somebody else. But I feel like we're all here you know, on this earth, let's help one another out. Totally. Totally. And, you know, obviously Jason's not the only one that's, that's suffered with, um, some anxiety and, and mental health things. Um, I myself have pretty much, I think it's safe to say I've been consumed with depression and massive anxiety for my whole adult life. Um, you know, I debated on how much or how little to share, but ultimately I feel like the story that kind of surrounds my life really tells who I am today. And, um, I can, I can promise you that it's, it's not pretty. So, um, many years ago, I, I went off to college as this super happy, excited, ready to tackle the world, um, you know, freshly graduated high school graduate, and I was ready to become a teacher and I was ready to change the world. And I was very naive. Um, 
And when I went away to college, my life pretty much came to a halting stop. I became a victim of sexual assault and was raped. Um, and it, it forever has changed me. And I remember, I don't, I don't share that detail of my life for pity and, um, or anything like that, but I, I, it, it completely, my, my life and my world completely shifted in that moment. And I remember becoming a completely different person. Um, so much so that it, it, kind of scares me to even think back on who I was all those years ago. Um, I remember going to bed at night and I believe in God and, and still believed in God then. Um, and I remember literally praying with every ounce of my being that I would not wake up the next day. And when I would wake up, I would be devastated. Um, I remember, you know, staying in my room and in the bathroom sometimes, um, just to avoid my roommates and, and, and just being a sobbing mess because I was here taking another breath. Um, it was, it was hard and I didn't feel like I had anyone. Um, I felt very embarrassed I felt very ashamed. I felt like I had done something wrong. I felt like it was my fault. Um, and most importantly, I felt like I would never deserve to be happy again. I felt like I would never... I remember, in fact, I, I probably have the journal somewhere, but I remember just writing over and over that I will never have a family. I will never be happy. I will never get married because I, I truly didn't feel like I deserved that. And that moment when, when everything was taken from me, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't my choice, um, but it, it affected everything from there out. Um, when I moved home from school, I had a lot of trust issues, as you can imagine. And um, I struggled. I struggled, you know, communicating with even my own dad, and I love my dad. My dad's probably going to listen to this because he just found out I have a podcast. Um, but there was some real struggles. I couldn't even tell my parents what happened. It wasn't um, for a good several months until after um, that I finally was able to actually start talking about everything. Um, and I really tried hard to bury it. I didn't realize that I wasn't doing a very good job of that at first. And so I would just keep trying to bury it and bury it. And um, along this journey is when I actually met Jason. And I was pretty convinced that we would never be anything but friends. <laughs> In fact, that was what I told him the very mm -hmm. first day that I met him. I said, we can be friends, but just so you know, it's never going any further. And if that wasn't a sign to like turn and run the other way, I don't know what is. Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't in a good spot. And I was just trying to live without wanting to live. Um, and through the journey, I, you know, obviously have learned to trust. Um, Jason was one of the, 
if not the first person that I really openly shared everything with and and trusted that I could be that vulnerable. Um, and that was scary because that took me back to everything that happened to me and being in that moment. And um, so you can imagine as we continued in our relationship and, you know, he became my best friend and eventually my husband, that there was a lot of, there's been a lot of situations that this has affected our marriage. Um, you know, I... I would be lying if I sat here and said, and the story is magically, everything's great now. Um, The truth is, is we're 15 years into this and there's been some really, really dark years. And I remember specifically, I thought I was doing so good and we moved back down to St. George um, and I fell apart. And I remember um, my oldest was, what, three yeah. And then our second was one. So we moved away from all of our family, a good four hours away from anyone that we knew. And I basically became a recluse. I shut myself in the room. I wouldn't come out. I wouldn't shower. I wouldn't care for the kids. Um, I, I mean, I don't, you probably remember that time more than I do. Um, it was, it was dark. And finally there was a point during that, those moments that I realized I needed to, I needed to finally work through everything that had happened to me. Um, and so I started seeing a counselor and it was good. And, and this counselor helped me work through things in, in a way that, um, I never thought I'd be able to forgive and, I thought that that was such an asinine idea of forgiving someone who can do this to people. Um, and I've, I've learned since then that forgiveness is not about the person who, who has hurt us, but it's about our own internal well-being. And so I, I was able to take that journey and, and actually experience that through training for a, a huge marathon. And But I think more than focusing on that, I want to focus on that, that even... Then when I thought that everything was great and I thought that I had moved on, I really didn't. And it's only been within the last probably year, maybe two years, that I kind of got the wind knocked out of me again because, not because I didn't know how to cope, but because I realized that this is never, ever going to go away. And... That's, that's really deflating sometimes. Um, you know, there was the whole um, semicolon movement. And if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, a few years back, someone talked about the semicolon and the importance of the semicolon in the English language and how an author can choose to end a sentence at the semicolon and put a period there. Or he can he or she can continue to move on with that sentence by placing the semicolon. And so people have related the semicolon to the um, you know having the intention of continuing life. There are many times in my life that I have contemplated suicide. Um, 
And that probably is going to break my mom's heart listening to that. Um, and, but I feel like it needs to be talked about. It's a, when I've been in those dark moments, I've been very alone and, um, it hasn't been, and it's been thoughts of, I don't feel like my family, my family deserves better than me. And so there's this inner worth and this inner feeling of, I'm just never going to be good enough that is a constant battle and it's a constant fight. And even down to, you know, day to day sometimes. Um, and since I've shared my story on my blog and, um, you know, through different like media outlets and things, I, people have reached out to me and, and said, this is such a hard topic. And I just really appreciate you sharing because I've been in your shoes and what happened to you happened to me and I can't, I can't say it. I can't share it. And, and there's not a right or a wrong about that. There's not, oh, everyone should be able to talk about it or they shouldn't. Everyone deals with things in different ways. And I truly feel blessed that I'm in a spot mentally and emotionally that I can feel brave enough to share. Um, it doesn't mean it doesn't scare me. I, as I sit here and we're sitting on our bed and I'm kind of like rocking back and forth and I'm trying not to think of who I might know that might be listening to this as I ramble on. Um, but ultimately what it comes down to is I feel like this topic is so important that if I could help even just one person know that when you're in the deepest, darkest place that you've ever been, I promise there's a light that's going to come and to just hold on because I've been there and I've been that person that's been in the car that has had no intention of returning home. And I've been the person who had to reach out to my husband, even as recently as this year and said, Hey, I think it'd be a good idea for you to change the, the locks on your gun safe. And it's taken me a really, really long time to be able to come forward and say, this is where I'm at and I'm okay talking about it. And it, it actually brings me some, I don't know, some peace in knowing that I can talk about it. Um, March is typically a really rough month for me and actually leading into March. So here in Utah, for those who are not familiar with our climate, it gets pretty wintry and cold and people stay indoors you know, starting November and then the snow comes and it gets gloomy and the snow's grody and then the inversion sets in. So the air is really crappy and I, I suffer with some good depression each year and every year I try and hit it ahead of time and cope with it the best I can. But November leads into December, January, February, and then it hits me hard in March. Um, March is when everything happened to me and as much as I don't, I don't know, anniversarialize what happened, it's it's hard not to know like, hey, it's March and your life changed. And so I've tried really hard to change March into a celebration and into a, hey, I'm fighting for my life here. And so far I'm winning because I'm still here. And so this last March, I felt really blessed and, and went with a group of friends down to 
Las Vegas and probably surprised the crap out of all of them because on a whim, I, not on a whim, but maybe what seemed like on a whim to them, um, I went and got a tattoo. And I had been thinking about this for a really long time. So let me preface this by saying, you know, in our religious culture, tattoos are frowned on. Um, and we're taught that, you know, you keep your body clean and pure. And I've always kind of struggled with even that because after everything happened to me down at school, I felt disgusting and dirty and awful and like I would never be this pure ideal of what I was, you know, taught through my religious um, lessons. And so I've always felt like I was kind of the outsider and just, um, just this is like tainted. Tainted is a good word. And so it never was like, oh, I can't get a tattoo. That would ruin. No, that's like I've always wanted one. I just didn't know what. So when we were in Las Vegas, I I just went and I went with it. And I put a butterfly, which represents new life, because I, I'm fighting for my life and that new life every day. And the butterfly's body is a semicolon. And it's something that um, many people around me probably don't agree with. It was hard for me to even come home and, and talk to my own parents about it. Um, but it it mattered to me enough because it's a constant battle that people don't see. And I think that that's what's the hardest thing about mental health, about depression, about anxiety. It's it's relatively easy to see like oh she's she has a cold today or you know she's homesick she's she's picking up a antibiotic from the from the um, pharmacy oh she's you know she's probably fighting cancer I can I can see that she's going through chemo because she's lost her hair but you really can't pick out the mental fight that people have to fight and if there's anything that I could teach my kids or anyone else who might be listening, it is to never assume you know a person because people get pretty good at hiding their emotions and hiding what they're really feeling. And you just never know what that person's been through. And until you know what a person's been through, you really can't judge them for the decisions they're making in their life or the road that they've chosen. Um, the road that I went on was not an easy road. After school, I went into a phase when I, like I said, I didn't care about life and I, I truly wanted to die. And there are still moments that I fight with that and I have to remind myself, no, I'm stronger than this. And I know that there are people out there listening that know exactly what I'm talking about. And you try and put on this front and you try and put on this smile and it's all that you can do to just get out of bed today. And people are sweet and people are well-meaning and, but sometimes they just say really sucky things that just knock you down. Um, and so the biggest thing that I hope to portray is that their life is worth living, even when it doesn't feel livable or feel like you want to live it at that moment. 
Um, I think back to those moments when I've been in my car thinking about ending everything or, you know, the, the different scenarios that have popped through my head in different moments. And I'll tell you, it's the people who I thought deserved more than me that, um, that I couldn't leave. And I want, I want my kids to know that I'm fighting every day. Um, and it's not easy. And sometimes it's really exhausting. And sometimes it even kicks you in the butt because you think, Man, I thought this, I had this figured out and apparently I don't. And I get to live with this my whole life. And that really sucks because imagine having like strep throughout your whole entire life. It sucks. (laughs) It just, um, it's hard to relate to. It's, and it's not only draining for me personally, I feel like I'm the only one talking, but it's draining on a relationship. It, it is. I had a hard time at first because, you know, she, we, when we were dating or hanging out or whatever, you know, we sat down one night and she told me her situation. Sitting in her Honda Civic <laughs> with the roof open. I the remember. Roof. Um, I, I didn't know how to handle the situation. Um, I've never experienced any life changing moment like that. I mean, my parents got divorced That was the extent of something traumatic, really traumatic happening in my life. And um, I just, I didn't know what to do. I I wanted to be a good friend. I wanted to listen, but I felt like I didn't have any advice. I didn't have anything to contribute or or to say. Um, You know, in our marriage it kind of took on a different role in the beginning because I always felt like, okay, let me help you. Let me, let me see if I can fix this. Let me, let me try to do something to get your mind off of it or make it go or make it go away. And it took me years upon years and upon years of figuring out that, you know, that wasn't right either. Um, I felt like it hasn't been, what the last couple years or so, or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not doing a good job at this, but I, I feel like, you know, I'm just, I need, I, I just feel like I need to be there for Alicia or you. And, you know, whenever you need to talk to listen, not necessarily try to fix it, but just listen and, you know, show the love that I have for you and, and, show you that you are worth it and you are, you know, you are wanted here on earth, not only by me, but by my kids, but my, you know, our family, friends, and people we don't even know, you know, people at work, they come up to you and say, you know, you, you are worth it. And, you know, that, that, those of you out there that have, you know, a significant other or friend or, or something, just be there for them. Talk to them. Um, even it's if it's somebody that you, you know, colleague at work. You know, sometimes there are little hints that you can see. And I'm not saying go and pry in their lives or anything, but be a friend. 
you don't know the difference you could make in in the outcome of a day. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when we're when we're focused on other people and we truly care and love, that's when we get an opportunity to play a role in their life. And maybe that role is just that split second high. And maybe that role is develops into a friendship that um, will forever change your life. Um, I think one of the most important things, Jason, Jason hit it on the head, you know, sometimes, especially I feel like as a male, usually it's, it's characteristic to want to fix things. And sadly, there's no fixing that. Um, and being that person that is just willing to listen and, It's okay to ask questions because I can tell you that if you asked me a question and I wasn't comfortable answering it, I would tell you. I would tell you I'm not okay. I know it's not a comfortable topic and I know that people get squirmy and don't know what to say and then don't want to say the wrong thing, but I can promise you that your interest and your um, willingness to try, it matters. And I think that sometimes it comes out in weird ways. I mean, we were just what, sitting in the, the parking lot at the gym the other night and all of a sudden a wave of emotions comes over me and, you know, we're talking about the feelings that, that I'm still working through and, and that I'm still struggling with as far as, you know, inadequacy and just if I'll ever be enough, not to people around me, but to myself, like if, if I if I will find that again. And I'm, I'm working hard on that. I... I feel like the more that we can talk as a couple, it's helped a lot. Um, And it's not this uncomfortable, like, I'm afraid to mention anything. Like, I know that I can come to you and say, like, hey, I'm struggling to get out of bed today. And I just think you should know that. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean that Jason comes and, like, physically drags me out of bed. But he's just a little more patient with me on those days and knows that, Hey, you know, like getting dressed today, that was, that was like a big step for me. And it's not like that as much or as often anymore. Um, and that's thanks to, you know, both of us being aware. I think there's been times that I've tried to not be medicated, like that medication was this horrible thing. You know, it's okay to take when we're physically sick, but not mentally sick, which is ridiculous and stupid and a stigma that I can't stand. And when I realized I was following that stigma, I went in and talked to my doctor. And I think even more so than the depression lately, it's been the anxiety that sends me into that deep depression. And so having the ability to control that has been a huge help. And um, I think that's been that that's helped us together as well. Um, I think another thing that's helped us is we don't hide it from our kids. Um, mental health issues run down both sides of our family lines and they're pretty heavy, um, from depression and bipolar and borderline personality and anxiety, 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 and, um, substance abuse and I mean you name it and we've got it in our family lines and 
our kids have seen it. I mean, our kids, there's, our kids have grown up and seen, hey, mom's in bed more days than she's not lately. And so talking about it with them. And I think one of the hardest things as a mom is, oh boy, here comes the tears. Um, is seeing my own kids struggle with it at such a young age. And it's something that I wish, I wouldn't wish on anyone. And the one positive thing that I can see, if if nothing else, on why I'm so grateful that I, I haven't ended everything in those moments when I've thought about it, is knowing that today, today I was there for my kid when they were struggling with their own mental health issues. And that alone drives me because people are worth it. And the, the mission that we have on this earth is to spread love. And we do that by the relationships that we have with others. And so that is why you will probably hear us talk many times about mental health. Um, this is kind of just a, a little snippet of what we've been through, but it's really taken its toll on us over the, the different years and, and in different ways. But the, the biggest message that I really wanted to portray is, yeah, there's tons of coping mechanisms. There's meds, there's go for walks, there's exercise, there's brain dumps, there's, trust me, counseling. I've done it. I've done it all. But one of the things that I have to remind myself every day is you just don't quit. You just don't. As bad as today feels, as hard as today feels, as lonely as you feel sometimes, you just don't give up. And there's four things, um, four things that I tell our kids. I think it's four. Mm -hmm. I tell our kids, we don't drink alcohol. We don't do drugs. We don't have sex until we're ready. And we don't kill ourselves. And those are the four things that our kids know that, hey, these are our rules. Let's let's remind ourselves, like, we don't do these things. And I think that a lot of times those first three get talked about, especially in Christian homes. But that fourth one doesn't. And suicide is a huge, huge killer of teens, and especially here in Utah. And so coming from someone who struggles with those thoughts and who struggles with those tendencies to go that direction, I'm here to tell you, talk about it. Talk about it and talk about it and talk about it because the more we talk about it, the more whoever is close to you in your life is going to feel safe to say, yeah, guess what? I have had that thought and it won't be this foreign like, oh my gosh, you did? I, I have. I've had those thoughts, and my, my kids even know that, and we talk about it openly. So I guess what I want to say um, at the end today is if you're struggling with anxiety, with depression, with thoughts of harming yourself, please get help. Please seek out, send this podcast to someone that you trust, and um, let that be the the conversation starter between the two of you. There are many um, different ways that you can seek help. There's apps on your phone. But the biggest thing is, is just don't stop fighting. 
And I promise you that we will keep this conversation going because it is obviously important to me and important to Jason. And um, we hope that you'll reach out to us and let us know your thoughts.